When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gutierrez, Dennis Plaschke. I had a panel on last week, and they docked points off of Max Scherzer's return because the Mets didn't score for him and they lost the game to the Reds. You people are going to be paying the price for that one today. Also, H-Bank wins, Mariners, Orioles, who's eight counts more? There we go. Here's your mutes, all right? Max Scherzer dominant again last night. Mets four, Atlanta one. So his two starts since returning. 20 strikeouts, no walks, five hits allowed. Kind of a October feel to last night. Would anybody say this is a series between Atlanta and New York? These two teams, two of the three best records in the National League. Bill Plaschke, what did last night tell you? Tony, I know what you're really asking. What everybody's asking, I'll answer it. Are the Mets good enough to beat the Dodgers? That's what people are thinking today. No, actually, I think are they good enough to beat the Braves? But okay. And the answer, the answer is, the answer is, they are good enough to beat the Dodgers. If they, if they can, if Scherzer, if Max Scherzer's come back, 13 strikeouts, no walks since he came back in an 0.69 ERA. Jacob Degrom has struck out 11 in four and a third inning in rehab. Mm-hmm. He'll be back soon. Scherzer and Degrom with the fourth ranked offense in the league. The Mets are the best right. team in the National League if those two guys are back. Wow, that's there we go. Well, like. that's something. Can I just ask you a question, Bill? Who won the World Series last year? Waffle House. <laughs> yes, all right. Well, you, you, you seem to avoid even bringing them up in the conversation. Let me go to Atlanta, David Dennis Jr. I think the question was, uh, can the Mets beat the Braves? I think was the actual question, which which they they did last yeah. night. I think you know a lot of people were sort of assuming when the Braves were rolling that ten and a half game lead was getting chiseled down, that the Mets would sort of roll over and fold like they usually do. And at least for now, at least for last night, Scherzer reminded everybody that he is the best player right there between both teams, and they will not fold. He closed that game out in the seventh inning when the Braves could have stolen it, and you know reminded everybody that the Mets are here to stay. You know, of course, there are 12. They play each other 12 more times the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of ways this could go wrong, but at least for last night, you know, at least the end of this series, no matter what, the Mets are going to keep first place. Israel Gutierrez. And this is why I was on that panel where you said that Max Scherzer and the Mets got killed. Mm -hmm. Thank you for reminding me. I was not one of those people, mind you. Mind you, I was not one of those people, but I understood where they were coming from because you're talking about a shrinking lead against the Braves. And this is what I loved about this game, about Max Scherzer, is, okay, it wasn't just, you know, he had a 2 nothing lead, and what did he give up with two outs? A home run and a double, and then still closed it yeah. out. And you saw him on the top of the, uh, atop of the rail there in the eighth just cheering on when they got the, you know, the insurance runs there. That intensity, which you're always going to get from Max Scherzer, this time of year is hugely important. I mean, you've got two and a half months to hold, off to a two and a, to hold on to a two and a a half game lead. That's a lot of time. And so these games where a lot of people say it's the dog days of summer, Max Scherzer told you after the game, these games are very important. We've got to win these. And they started off this series in just the right way. Do you really? I mean, do you, how much stock do you put in needing to win the division or 
If you look at the standings, it looks like both these teams are going to the playoffs no matter what. I'll bring in Justin Tinsley here. And first and foremost, shout out to Bill Plaschke standing by that flag he planted. I mean, it was wrong, but I, I, I admire the commitment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, th- this was a bigger win for the Mets, and it's no secret that the Mets want what Atlanta has, and that's a world championship, and they're legit contenders to do this. And make no mistake, this isn't April, this isn't May, this isn't early June. These games in July absolutely count, especially with the All-Star break looming. You know, David mentioned that the Braves cut down a division lead by nine games, and they did it within a month and a half. So uh, you know, at the, at New York going out there with their ace and going out there and pitching a gym just like that, like that's big for them mentally. He has a 2.5 ERA on the season and .69 since he came back from injury. Like this is going to be a race for the rest of the season. And if you're Atlanta, you can't panic either because it's two months until the playoffs start. But this is going to be one of the most interesting things to look at for the rest of the Who season. Yeah, it's not just you talked about the stretch of games at this time of year. It's not just trying to avoid the wild card at all costs. But how many times have we gotten to the playoffs and said this is the hottest team since such and such, since July, since June? And that's the team where you have the best picture of. And that's why the Mets from here on out probably want to put together that picture and say, hey, going into the playoffs, we might be that good. If you want to know how important the series was to the Mets, just look at Buck Showalter used Edwin Diaz three straight games for the first time this year. Buck knows this is a big deal. Been horn will move on. Kevin Durant trade request day 12. Mm-hmm. Nick Friedel reporting the hope inside the Nets is that the longer this drags on, maybe that convinces Durant to stay. David, I go to you people for dragging on. After two weeks, are you thinking the Nets will keep Durant, maybe even Irving? I, I don't know what they're going to do with Kyrie Irving. I think he's probably the closest one out the door. That Lakers thing seems like it's a done deal. But in terms of, mm. of Kevin Durant, it feels like, you know, this, there's a possibility that he can stay. The Nets, are, I don't know if they're playing this brilliantly or luckily, but they said go out there, figure out a tra- we'll figure out a trade for you, but nothing works. Kevin Durant is either going to go with a team that has, you know, cut out all of their assets or not in place to win a championship either way. Why don't you come and stay here with the Nets? And I don't think Kevin Durant, no matter what, is going to sit out. He's got a few years left. He's trying to raise, you know, his stock as an individual mm-hmm. player. He's trying to get in that top five, top ten, all-time scoring. He doesn't seem like somebody is going to be so disgruntled that he's not going to play. You might as well try to do what you can to keep him on that team. Do you think the Nets would be wise to not make a move? Israel, is it that the asking price is too high, or is it that the Nets aren't even asking because they don't want to part with him? I mean... The, net, the asking price has to be that high. There's no question about it. It's where you have to start. I just don't see Kevin Durant giving in because he's already been criticized about his career choices as it was, whether it be going to the Warriors and, you know, riding on those coattails or going to Brooklyn and, you know, uh, linking with Kyrie Irving here. So when he says, I want to leave, and then it's, deci- it's convinced to stay, then all of a sudden he is not the power broker here. He is not the guy who was in charge of this whole thing. And frankly, he's not the guy who's in charge of his own career at this moment. And so, yes, was it a mistake for him in retrospect to sign this long-term deal with Brooklyn? Of course, but he probably always banked on his ability to use his power and influence to move teams. And so I I just don't see him saying, okay, fine, I'll run it back with Kyrie and Ben Simmons and see what happens. It's just not going to be a very good look for him. Justin Tinsley? This is the NBA, man. Like, if they're both on the roster opening night, it wouldn't surprise me at all. But this honestly feels like a situation where there's been too much dirty laundry aired in public. It feels like we've passed the point of no return. And look, 
contractually, Brooklyn, they don't have to do anything. And and I think that plays into their favor. But if you don't and you bring both guys back, then you're going to have to deal with that issue all season and don't let them struggle. Then it becomes even more of an issue. And then you have something like Ben Simmons. And then the questions around Steve Nash's coaching. If the question goes back to Brooklyn. How much can you legitimately handle? And if history shows they've dealt with a lot, but I just don't see the, both of these guys on the, on the roster opening night because – I think they're not in a rush to make a trade. The season doesn't start next week, but I think we know where both sides stand, and I don't I don't think KD wants to be there, and I know Kyrie doesn't want to be and there. And Bill Plaschke. I have been told there's a 75% chance that Irving gets traded to the Lakers, but okay. Durant's got to get traded first, and I don't see that happening right now. Durant has to be traded, or they're not going to trade Kyrie. And I think the Nets at some point, and I know what you mean, Justin, it's going to be crazy, it's going to be chaos, but the Nets have two of the best players in the game, and, and they're both under contract. Why would they give that up for, for, for anything less than a, a King's ransom? I just think it's absolute. I think I predict they're on the roster, on the court, opening day, Durant and Irving for the Nets. One more story here. We'll move on. Check this out. Tiger Woods messing with Rory McIlroy on the putting green as they get ready for the Open. I love seeing this. Rory and Tiger do not love the LIV tour. That's been expressed often by the two. Rory said it would be best if a non-LIV golfer won in St. Andrews. Tiger said LIV players have turned their back on what has allowed them to get to this position to begin with. We know Greg Norman won't even be anywhere near the Open. He's persona non grata. It's the 150-year anniversary of the Open, which is not organized by the PGA. So, Justin, what does all this tell you? You know, look, this isn't a knock on Rory at all because he's been the better golfer for quite some time now. But whenever Tiger Woods talks, the golf world listens. And he could have easily he could have easily said something like, well, you know, Saudi's about nine irons, too, and not minced his words. But he didn't. He, he spoke what was directly on his mind. And I think that I think that's pretty big for where he stands and where the rest of the PGA Tour stands. Now, here, here's this. There are seven former major championship winners in the field, including Phil Mickelson. And you know what? I, I like seeing crazy stuff happen. Walk with me, Tony. Imagine it's Sunday. Imagine we're going into the back nine at the open and Rory and or Tiger in contention against a live golfer. You can't tell me that wouldn't be phenomenal okay. television. So you think that's what the I want drama to around this is compelling? Whether yeah, ha- okay, yeah, absolutely. Israel. Well, the drama around this involves, you know, a the killing of a journalist and sort of the Saudi public fund and what we people call blood money, and that is something that Tiger Woods did not address. He addressed because he probably pull on that thread. You're talking about, hey, where would your money come from, Tiger? And he doesn't mm-hmm. want to go there. So I will say that, you know, if, he, if it was on his mind, he didn't say that, and a lot of people have avoided saying that part. So we probably just need to say that part initially. But when it comes to Tiger, the part that he was protecting was the history of golf, was the PGA Tour, was the element of the sport that brought him in to this person that he is today. And I am in agreement with him. Like the live tour, it, just, it doesn't have the same feel for it. It doesn't have the same sort of uh, work that you have to get to, you know, you have to reach or work through to get there. And, you know, I think uh, I, I'm a fan of the drama. I'm a fan of the ability for, for this to create uh, more drama for the league. But I just don't like the people sort of dancing around the actual okay. subject because a competitive league is one thing. A competitive league funded by the Saudi public fund is a totally different subject. David Dennis Jr., I mean, at the same time, that's that's the Tiger Woods experience, like to avoid the political conversation and focus on strictly the golf that upsets him. But what I'm stuck on is like, imagine being Tiger Woods 
in the last 25, 30 years of your career, everybody's been using this idea of tradition to talk about why you, you know, to tear, tear down your legacy and talk about why you shouldn't be in golf or why you're tearing down golf and, and criticizing him and calling his dad Tiger? un-American. Oh, in you, the you feel Tiger's oh. been hyper-criticized? I, I feel like he's been, I mean, he's been celebrated as well, right, David? <laughs> Well, oh no, he, yeah, he's been celebrated, but the, the traditional golf folks have also, along this time, been very disparaging to Tiger Woods and his career uh, as being a person of color in golf. Uh, we could talk about the, all the obstacles that he faced, and they've used this guise of tradition to do so, and now you wake up one morning, and all of a sudden, everybody suddenly does not care about that same tradition anymore, and they're going to the highest mm, bidder. Okay. So maybe I'm projecting, but I can imagine the anger that he would feel, you know, waking up to this, and he gave us just a taste of that, because Tiger's not going to say the, you know, say it in the way that maybe you or I would, but I can imagine he's feeling at least some. This of that. Open, the 150th birthday of St. Andrews, right? I mean, and which is a, a birthplace of golf, and and yet two sides are often saying, "I don't want to talk about the LIV tour. I don't want to talk about the BGA tour." But they're always talking about it, whether they're being asked about it or not. They're always talking about it. Bill, is this drama good? Yeah, I mean, I think it's petty. I think it's getting really petty, and I and I, I think the LIV golf tour is a callous money grab and everything as you said is correct but you're the british open be bigger than that invite norman back welcome whoever wins the tournament and lv golfer is gonna is good is gonna win a major tournament one of these days honor him as you would anyone by who won a major tournament i mean don't be so they just it just sounds so petty and it, it just takes away from the majesty and the grandeur of the, of the game especially the british open Gutierrez 13, Tinsley 10, Dennis Jr. 9, Plaschke 7, by cell in two minutes. Around the Horn is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida más fina. Part of happy hour. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Welcome back to Around the Horn, brought to you by Chase. Coming to you from the Seaport District at Pier 17. Orlando Magic telling Paulo Banquero... Take the rest of the summer off. You're wonderful. <laughs> he averaged 20 points, six assists, five rebounds in his two games. He's going to sit out the remaining games of the summer league. Coach Jamal Mosley saying they want to see how the other guys look. We've seen what Paolo's capable of, he said. Israel, is two games all you need to see? Have the Magic seen enough? No. 
This is the Orlando Magic effectively saying my least favorite phrase of all time. Say less, my guy. No, we need him to say more. We need Patton Caro to show off even more. If we see, hey, he can do this, he can do that, he can run a pick and roll, okay, well, let me see what else he can do in these summer league games before we throw him out to the Wolves in the NBA. I think this is a little bit too good. Justin Sinsley? Look, I'd rather see him out there with guys like Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony. Let let him develop that on-court chemistry with those guys. You don't have to play him heavy minutes. You don't have to play him every game. But this is the Orlando Magic. They haven't been super relevant. They haven't been title contenders since the days of Dwight Howard. So I get it under these circumstances, but I don't really like it. Oh, plashy. All right, so Izzy, what would you say if he got hurt? If he if he got hurt playing summer league after I playing two games and showing his NBA now ready. in the beginning of the season. Oh, easy for you to say. No, you wouldn't. I bet you wouldn't say that. I bet you'd be just like all of us saying, how can they play him? How can they play him? Good for them okay. to bench him. David Dennis Jr. Look, the Magic drafted him without watching him work out. So after two games, I'm sure they want to give him a Brooklyn extension or something right now. Look, this, this, was, uh, you know, this was good for him. This is the most we've talked about the Orlando Magic in a long time. He didn't have a fall off between game one and game two like Chet. I think we've seen enough. We know we've he's seen it up. Ready. Two games is rest. enough. Okay. All right. Got so I'm hearing now. that from David. And Plashki, uh, should we – well, no showdown for you. We don't want you to get hurt in showdown, so we might as well just eliminate you right now as well. Right? <laughs> oh, that's really funny, Tony. I'm laughing. <laughs> Come on, Bill. Like All right. We'll move on. Buy or sell, too. Another story from the NBA. Board of Governors <laughs> meeting this week. There's a couple votes. Vote is whether to keep the uh, play-in games or not uh all signs pointing towards making that permanent the vote whether to have a mid-season tournament like the wnba does with the commissioner's cup that's that's up for vote and the take foul up for vote whether the take foul also gets a free throw and the ball so justin tinsley what are you buying what are you selling i'm actually buying it all the the nba they're going to do everything in their power to make people care about the regular season. We hear it all the time where people say, like, I don't really, I don't, I don't really pay pay attention to the NBA until after Christmas. The NBA is trying to rectify that by any by any means possible, and I, I'm I support that. Flashy. Yes, I'm supporting the fact that they they're accepting the play-in tournament means they may go for this mid-season tournament, which would be tremendous. Just like Justin said, nobody pays attention to the NBA until Christmas. Get it started early. Do it winner-take-all. So you like the idea of a mid-season tournament? I love that idea. David Dennis Jr. The play-in tournament, I think, was a foregone conclusion. Everybody's loved the play-in tournament for the most part so far. The story for me is getting rid of that take foul and the way that they slow the game up and stop fast breaks. Can you imagine this season Giannis without any take fouls? He might average 40 points a game, and I cannot wait to see Okay, so yeah, the idea that you would have a take foul where somebody would give up a foul, you're giving them a free throw, and they're getting the ball back. That, that to you, effectively ends the idea of the take foul. Gutierrez, how about you? Well, David, I would even say go back to the history of the league and the NBA wouldn't be what it was today without the Showtime Lakers and the Showtime Lakers wouldn't be the Showtime Lakers if people were implementing the take foul back then. I think it has to be absolutely punitive. I think it cannot be subjective. If any sort of backcourt foul on a change of possession, I think it should be two free throws in the ball to get people's hands up in the air and say, okay, I'm not fouling here. All right. The Showtime Lakers would have been great no matter what. Yeah, I thought you might say that, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Bill, thanks for today. Tinsley as well. Showdown coming up. David Dennis Jr., Israel Gutierrez. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. 
and boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured, it was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Around the Horn is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida más fina. Part of happy hour. David Dennis Jr., Israel Gutierrez, good luck in showdown. Pete Alonzo, Ronald Acuna Jr., Juan Soto, Albert Pujols, Kyle Schwarber. Among the names committing to Home Run Derby, still three more. We're going to find out in the next coming days. David, how excited does that lineup get you? Oh, sign me up. I'm all about this. Albert Pujols, I love this. Oh, you love it? I did not okay. realize it. I love it. I want to see Pujols finally get a Home Run Derby win. This is just great celebration of his career. I love it. Mm-hmm. Israel? Yeah, I want to see some Kyle Schwarber. This dude's gonna, definitely going to win it. Check out his, like, his last 150 or so games, the rate at which he's hitting home runs. He's going to hit 58 or more on pace for this season. This guy's on a roll. He's going to take everybody's storylines, Pete Alonzo, everybody else. He's taking everybody's storylines. That's what he's doing with the storylines. We'll give the point to Gutierrez. <laughs> we'll move on. Chris Sale, Red Sox debut tonight in Tampa. Over, under, one item destroyed. Israel Gutierrez. Uh, I'm going to go for the over here because not only does he have his comeback here, but Kluber, the guy he's pitching against, won the Cy Young two years, 2014 and 2017. Sale finished second and third, respectively, mm. so he's got more reason to be angry mm. if he loses this one. And David? Yeah, I'm taking the over, but we sort of will never know because this will be the most secure locker room that we have seen. <laughs> he's been so angry about the cell phones and captioning. He's going to do this in a dark corner where nobody can see it. So you're both taking the over on items destroyed. We'll see what happens tonight. We'll move on. Showdown three. Former NFL quarterback Jamarcus Russell on the Pivot Podcast with Ryan Clark. I'll say my didn't turn out how I would want it to or not how they expected it to. You know, you're going to call me a bus like you say, put the biggest on that. I love it. <laughs> David uh, is saying, say if you're going to call me a bus, put the biggest but on that. Don't bother me, man. Mother trucker. Uh, is, does that make it all right, David? Is, is Russell processing this well, I guess, is what I want to ask. Yeah, congratulations. You want to be called the biggest bus. We were calling you that anyway, my guy. He played three seasons, which I was about 2.75 seasons more than I thought he played before I got told that. Okay. And... Yeah, I'm all about it. We need an entire wing of the Hall of Fame with just larger busts so that we can determine which ones were the good players and which ones were the bad players, and ironically, the ones with the large busts. If he can term. talk about it and talk about it in that nature, at least that's something. And you said he played 2.75 seasons more. He played 
Three seasons more than any of us did in the NFL. Made about 40 million point game. FaceTime Israel Gutierrez. Thank you, Tony. And I want to take the time for those lamenting, including Big Ben Roethlisberger, the change of Heinz Field's name to Acrisure Stadium. Um, first of all, it used to be Three Rivers, which was a classic name, so you really should have upset, been upset about that one. But here's what gets me about this. Heinz, everybody thinks of ketchup, right? The Pittsburgh Steelers and the terrible towels, the color of mustard. So why are they so upset that Heinz, yes, I know that Heinz also makes mustard, but if it was called French's Field or something, okay. then I could get you've it. Had, but why are we getting it? You've had this take in your back pocket for about 20 years and you realize you're about to lose it. That's what this is. I never saw that coming, Izzy. I never saw that buster coming. See you guys coming. tomorrow.